Hi, and welcome back to the Self-Abandonment Recovery Podcast. My name is Stacey Embers, and I am your host. I'm a sex and love addict, alcoholic, codependent, and I am obsessed with never self-abandoning again. When we self-abandon, we hush or ignore or don't listen to that all-knowing part of us, that part of us that is so aligned with our most authentic self. And typically, it's to please other people or out of fear or whatever it is, but we self-abandon. And I am here to share my stories with you, to give you actionable tools to go into recovery for this and cheer you on in your active recovery or hopefully um, encourage you into using those tools that I give you today. We're going to talk about external boundaries, and this can be a doozy. It can feel like um, rude, like attacked. Because when I started studying codependency and when I started studying boundaries, it was really hard to learn because I felt like I showed up in so many of the ways that a codependent shows up or a person without boundaries shows up. And, um, So if you're there and you feel that during this episode, I see you and I hear you, and um, I promise you that it can get better and it will get better, and we just have to deal with the shame. We have to deal with the guilt. We have to deal with you know how we used to show up in life and step over the bodies and move on. I love Pia Melody. She wrote Facing Codependency, and I absolutely adore this book, and I basically use it as a textbook. I mean, it's amazing. I've been... I'm on my third time reading this book over the last several years, and if you don't have it, get it. If you relate to the things I'm talking about with you today, I'm telling you it is a game changer. I would suggest strapping your seatbelt on, and sometimes it's like you can read, well, for me, I could read like two pages, then I had to put it down. I was like, I feel attacked. So (laughs) just so you know, it can be hard. Hard work pays off, I promise you. Do the work, do the work, do the work, and you can live happy, joyous, and free. Okay, so I'm going to talk about external boundaries, and there's internal boundaries and external boundaries, and today is about external boundaries. If you didn't listen to episode 16, I would go listen to it now. Um, I talk about that I allowed men, because I'm heterosexual, I allowed men to touch me and be sexual with me at any time that they wanted to as a young person and into adulthood and into my open marriage as an older adult, that I had no external boundaries. So Pia explains boundaries like this. They are invisible and symbolic force fields, and they serve three purposes. The first purpose purpose is to keep people from coming into our space and abusing us. The second is to keep us from going into other people's space and abusing them. The third is to to give each of us a way to embody our sense of who we are. And that really falls into that self-abandonment, that when we have a sense of who we are, then we create these boundaries, right? And then when we have a boundary, then we have a gauge for what is aligned with us, what's our value system, and what is not. And then when we go 
against that, then we're self-abandoning, right? And if we're staying inside of it, then we are in self. So an external boundary is defined as this. It allows us to choose our distance from other people and enables us to give or refuse permission for someone to touch us or our personal property. So there's two sides to this external boundary, which I think is really interesting because I was really, I had no boundary with personal property or my body. Now I want to share some stories with you. Um, about how this looks in my life, how this used to look in my life and how it looks in my life today. So I'm going to start with personal property. Now, boundaries are learned. (laughs) Yeah, boundaries are learned. All of this stuff comes from our childhood. But my whole life, until I created some awareness around personal property boundaries, I had this mindset of, What was yours was mine, and what was mine was mine. And because I didn't have an external boundary, I couldn't even see or have a notion that you even had a boundary around your personal property or your body. So this this showed up in a couple different ways. The earliest memory that I have of this was like being at a friend's house and like going into their kitchen and just assuming that what they had was mine. Um, I have this memory of high school, and my friends would joke that I would just eat off of people's plates without asking their permission, just eat off of people's plates. But how dare they eat off of my plate, but I would eat off of yours. And this went into adulthood. And I'm not talking about the adorable way that you and your date like share a plate. This is like, that is your food and I am breaching your boundary. Um, When I was, I didn't steal from places. I had this like conscience, (laughs) conscience that was like loud as all get out. But I would steal from your house, like a quarter or if I saw a dollar or something, like it was mine somehow in my in my system with the lack of external boundary that was my dollar and sometimes i would take it and put it in my pocket and then put it back or sometimes i would just take it where there was a quarter or whatever it just it didn't didn't occur to me i want to talk about how this looked like with touching other people i feel embarrassed about this memory um so say that I would I would see someone that I hadn't seen or heck I guess it doesn't matter how long it was that I saw them but I would go up to them and hug them because I'm a hugger, right? I'm a hugger, I'm a hugger. I have this memory of hugging people when I knew they didn't want to be hugged. And there were times where in my, in my subconscious or even in my consciousness, I would approach someone and they would give me nonverbal signs that they didn't want to be hugged. And I would just be like, oh, come here, I'm a hugger. I would, you know, and, and laugh about it. You know, um, 
there were times where people would give me a, a no. They would be like, I don't, I don't want to be hugged. And I would say, oh, come here. And I would hug them anyway. And, and again, it was like, I, I didn't care about your boundary. And I certainly knew better than you did because a hug would do you great because I'm a hugger and I'm a great hugger and you need a hug and I know what's best for you. I broke their external boundary. That is actually called an offender. So there are major offenders and there are non-major offenders. We, the major offenders are, are, are easily picked out. They're easily understood, easily seen, right? But the non-major offenders could look like this or do look like this. Say that one person wants to have sex. The other person does not want to have sex. They say, no, I don't want to have sex with you. So the person without the boundary continues to try to coerce that person into having sex, whether it be uh, caresses, you know, gentle caresses, like trying to get somebody in the mood or making them feel guilty or continuing to ask them. Or um, there's a lot of different ways that are kind of manipulative that try to get someone to allow someone into their personal space after they've said no. That is not somebody respecting an external boundary. I've done it. Other people have done it to me and I have self-abandoned and been like, screw it. I'm going to do this, whatever, and not said, no, I'm not interested. And I don't appreciate you continuing to ask me. I don't appreciate you like continuing to like covertly try to talk me into it with your caresses or whatever. It makes sense that it's, that's, you know, a non-major offense because you're not respecting my boundary. I did not respect that person's boundary. It was like, I want what I want. Well, hell, I could have gone taking care of myself, right? I need to take care of me and whatever desire that I have. And the other person has every right to say when and where and how and what and all the things that they want to be intimate with someone. So um, that is an example of, of how that can look. It is really important for me today to be really conscious of how I show up in the world today in terms of where I stand, um, who I touch, and what my energy looks and feels like. Because I have a past with men in being abused and being abusive or allowing or just not having an external boundary at all that and having a sex and love addiction, I have to be very, very, very hyper aware of how I show up. What does my energy feel like? Am I touching someone? Am I standing too close? Am I breaching a boundary? Do I have a boundary intact? That is understood that you do not touch me. I remember years ago, I was in a public place and I had my arm draped around a friend of mine, a male friend married. I'm married. We were friends. 
I had no sexual interest in him. I have no idea if he did me. I didn't care because I didn't have an external boundary and I sure as shit didn't care how I showed up. So my arm was draped around this person, public place. Um, and I, I don't know who it was, if it was either my former husband or someone else came up to me afterwards and, and said something about how that looks. Oh, I know you're a really flirty person, but that just looked X, Y, Z. And how shocking that was to me because I didn't care how I showed up. I didn't care who I touched, how I touched people, what they thought about it, how it looked. I didn't have an external boundary. And therefore, I didn't see external boundaries of other people or how it looked, how it was perceived. Like, what story am I telling? Like, what am I putting off to the world? Because I've studied this and I have an acute awareness of this, I'm really careful about how close I sit to people, even friends that are women. I can't assume that people want to be sat close to, that want to be touched. Um, it may seem really minor, but I believe that how I show up in the world matters. The energy that I bring to the world matters. Do I make people feel comfortable? Do I create a comfortable space or do I create a space where I am invading your space? Am I arousing jealousy in someone? Am I trying to get, grab some dopamine from someone? I mean, these are these are behaviors that was in a past life of mine and I bring into a really acute awareness today. So why does this matter? It matters because we have to create whatever whatever that guardrail is. What what is that boundary? And there's no right or wrong answer. There's absolutely no right or wrong answer. It's just what is yours? So if yours is to go out and have sex with somebody every single night and that feels right in your value system and that feels really right to you, go for it. If your boundary is that you don't get physically close to other men because that is feels right to you and that's in your value system and that and that is and that is what aligns with you, then that is yours. And that is now your gauge. Okay, that is now where you stand and then you say, am I living in alignment with what is right with me? What is my boundary? And when you go outside of that, then you're self-abandoning and you have to correct. Why are you self-abandoning? What are you trying to get? And that's where that recovery comes in. That's where that spiritual surgery comes from. There are a lot of tools. You know, we've got the Wild Embers course that will be opening up soon. There's tons of recovery programs. There's just a lot of awareness around why are you self-abandoning? What are you trying to get when you are reaching outside of yourself to grab your worth or um, any kind of validation or you're trying to people please or you... you're ignoring really authentic parts of you, this all are signs that you are self-abandoning. If you 
think that one of your friends or someone that you know could relate to my story or some of the information that I've shared with you today or the tools, then please share this podcast with them and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify and leave me a review. Thank you so much to all the folks that have given reviews and thank you for um, going on to stacyembers.com website and subscribing for my weekly emails and signing up for the wait list for the second Wild Embers course that will be launching here soon. Um, if it's not my recovery program that I offer that is that comes from 12-step programs and spiritual programs that I've done and then just collaborated everything that I've learned over the last 15 years and put it into a program, then go to, into a 12-step program or talk to your therapist. But recovery is the way that it goes and you have to do the work. You have to do the work if you want to stay in the sunlight. I love you so much. I see you and enjoy my friend.